Hello everybody, Reverend Todd Sloggett here. I'm in the small conference room at the opposite end of the hall on the third story of my offices um, at uh, HMA World Headquarters here in Sepulpa, Oklahoma. And uh, I feel uh, a burden to preach. So I'm going to look at Luke chapter 23 and verse 46. Luke 23 and 46 have done a lot of teaching and instructing and and things lately, but uh, haven't been in as many church services I'm used to, haven't been able to preach and preach out like I'm used to, and uh, I feel the Lord leading me this evening. So Luke 23 and 46 says, And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. <clears throat> and having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Mighty God in heaven, please, please, please let your sweet Holy Spirit flow through me. Use my mind, my lips, my tongue, my words, my heart to express something of eternal importance to someone that would watch this video or, or hear this recording and get all the glory for it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I want to preach the Spirit of Christ plus the hands of God equals the church in action. The Spirit of Christ plus the hands of God equals the church in action. <clears throat> Jesus said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. The hand is that part of the body that puts the eyes, the tongue, the heart, and the mind into action. God has not given man the swiftness of an eagle. Uh, some, some men are flying a little too high as it is. God has not given us the, the eyes of an eagle. Some of us see too much as it is. God has not given man the hearing of a canine. Some of us hear too much as it is. God has not given us the sense of a bloodhound. Some of us are too nosy as it is. God has not given us the daisied plumage of a peacock. Some of us already strut too much as it is. But because of the hand, we can fly with a spaceship to where eagles can never fly. We can see with a telescope things that the eagle will never see. We can hear with the radio what the dog can never make out. With the internet, we can track down people that a bloodhound could never pick up a scent on. And even strut on the moon where the peacock has never been and never will be. All because of the hand. Let's dissect the hand for a moment or two. The hand contains 27 bones, the same amount that there is books in the New Testament. The hand has 12 joints, the same amount that there were original disciples of Jesus Christ. The hand has four fingers, the same amount that there is gospels according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The hand has three scientific parts the same amount as there are members of the Godhead, including the Father and the Son 
and the Holy Ghost, and, and the hand has one thumb, the same exact number as there is real living gods in the universe. One. I'll throw this in for good measure in case you thought I missed it, but the hand also has 46 muscles, the same amount of years that it took to build the, the new temple at Jerusalem that currently stands today. It, it is amazing when you look at what God does and what God can do. There's over 1,440 different times in the Bible that it speaks of the hand. The Bible speaks about striking hands and powerful hands and good hands and outstretched hands, folded hands, blessed hands, evil hands, feeble hands, bloody hands, anointed hands, lifted hands, shackled hands, withered hands, loving hands, on and on and on and on. The hand is the action of mankind. The hand can feel to search. It can touch to love. It can point in anger. It can knuckle up to fight. It could climb to height and then push to ascend and pull to succeed and invite for company and direct to guide and clap for joy. The hand can write to communicate. It can fold to pray. It can open to receive and walk through yellow pages and thread needles, paint pictures, tickle for fun, shake in nervousness, sweat through fear, communicate with the deaf through sign language, give the thumbs up for approval, give the thumbs down for disapproval. It can wipe tears. It can embrace. It can pick pockets. Uh, sometimes it can embrace and pick pockets at the exact same time. The hand is the most precise instrument on planet Earth. A person can have an odd-looking nose, a strange-shaped face, a slouched stature, freckles, birthmarks, pigeon toes, but the fingerprint of man is the most distinct trait of all humanity right down to our very DNA. The fingerprint method of distinction has proven to be the only infallible form of identity for decades and decades and decades. No amount of technology has been able to be more precise than what God has already done. Even identical twins have completely different fingerprints. The hand is the great storyteller of a man's experiences in life. People that are professionally experienced in interviewing can tell a lot about how a man folds his hands, holds his hands, or cannot find a restful place for his hands. The, the polygraph, the lie detector, operates on the assumption that the hand is the servant of the brain, and it is. What would this world be like for you and I? without the marvelous masterpiece of God known as the human hand. It is what sets us apart from every other creature in the physical world. We cannot brush our teeth without them, comb our hair without them, button our buttons without them, drive our cars without them, cook our food without them. Without hands, there would be no houses, no buildings, no factories, no landscaping, no radios or telephones or airplanes or electric lights. Think of your life without the human hand. No handshakes of friendship, no letters written to console a hurting loved one, no written music to calm the soul, no, no paintings painted to stir the emotion.
Who is a physician without a hand to hold a scalpel? Who is a writer without a hand to hold a pen? Who is a farmer without the steady hand on the plow? Even the, the blindest and most ignorant of men have been changed for the better by being able to type, um, by reading things written on presses, by the mass production and the spread of advancements, all done by the human hand. Wisdom and truth that we can receive from each other through books and, and now blogs and podcasts. Wisdom and truth that would not be able to be produced without the hand. Mankind would not be able to have the superiority that God commanded over all other beasts of the field without the hand. The Lord provided said hand in creation to hold a bow and an arrow and a gun and a bullet and make a cage. God literally put man on the throne of all carnal things of the earth when he blessed him with the hand. Medical science and, and technology tells us that you can understand a few things by the way a man just shakes your hand. Soft hands, rough hands, a light shake, strong shake, long shake, shake and a pat, shake and embrace, they all mean something. God asked Moses, if you remember, what's in your hand? With the actions of your hand, you can build or you can tear down. With the actions in your hand, you can make or you can break. What's in your hand? God asks every man. With their hands, Adam and Eve took of the forbidden fruit. With his hand, the Bible tells us that Cain slew his brother Abel. With these first two generations, God, uh, a man broke all covenants with God, but Abraham had a new covenant. With his hand, he took a knife to sacrifice Isaac. The action of your hand shows your obedient or disobedient heart towards God. With a willing heart and obedient mind, David put a sling in his hand and Moses had a rod in his hand and Gideon and his troops, a, a trumpet and a lantern in their hands. Mary had an alabaster box in her hands. Dorcas had a needle and thread in hers. E, even Jesus, uh, a little boy's lunch was in his, but with it, he would produce a one day free fish market and bakery shop on a hillside. Say what you will. Write it on your church sign. Explain it in your seminars. Tell it over the phone. Put it in your pamphlet. But the world will know what is in your heart, mind, and soul by the actions of your hands. So many things I've heard preached over and over and over again until the people believed that the preacher believed it. Until the people believed that the preacher meant it. Never stopping to realize that the preacher nor the people ever did it. The action of your hands will tell the world what you believe.
The action of your hands will explain to the religious what your doctrine is. Give a blanket, slam a door, stab someone in the back, hold a hurting child close, pat on the back or a shake of the fist. The world will see through your hand what God already knew was in your heart. Look down through history with me. What's, what's in your hand, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? It's an ink pen. We're going to write the four great gospels of Jesus Christ. What's in your hand, John Bunyan? I have a pen as well to write Pilgrim's Progress to enlighten a whole new age for Christ. What's in your hand, Martin Luther? It's my 99 thesis. I'm going to nail it to the Pope's wall in protest against indulgences in the church. What's in your hand, George Washington Carver? It's just a peanut, but with it uh, and God, uh, I'm, I'm going to help make more than 100 products. I'm going to drive out the boll weevil. I'm going to spare North America from agricultural ruin just when it's really getting started as a, as a place to live. What's in your hand, pastor? What's in your hand, preacher? What's in your hand, mother, father, saint, Sunday school teacher, helper? And what are you going to do with it for God? Or are you going to be like almost everyone else in the world today? Are you going to take what's in your hand and just going to do everything in your power to make yourself more comfortable with it? What's in your hand? Put the mirror on myself. What's in your hand, Todd Sloggett? In my hand is HMA Ministries, and with it, I hope and pray to tell a lost and dying world that has been beat up by the devil and kicked around by a watered-down selfish church and wallowed in the mire of depression, sin, and self-pity that there is a God and that He is alive and well. He lives, He lives, He loves, He beckons, He forgives. He's still holy, He's still just, He's still righteous, He's still true, He's real, He's real, He's real. No matter how many times you've seen Him faked, He Himself is still real. Now even more than just the, the hand of man, my hand and your hand, I want to talk a little more about God's hand. I'm actually talking about something called anthropomorphism. Anthropomorphism, uh, that means describing God with human-like attributes. God is a spirit, and in that sense, he does not have a body or body parts. But me, you and I must use anthropomorphism to talk about him so that we understand. When we give God human-like qualities, it makes us feel closer to him and makes us feel like we understand him more. Uh, the, 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 we, we talk about the face of God and the breath of God. And the hands of God, does God have hands? Yes, God has hands because I've seen his hands work in my life. I felt the hand of God when it reached down and touched me in special ways. I have been touched by the finger of God way down deep in my soul when I needed him most. And he assured me that he was there. Are God's hands like these physical hands of mine and yours? I don't know. I have no idea. But I believe in God's hands. Even our text today, Jesus said, Father, into thy hands. I commend my spirit. God even uses anthropomorphism to describe himself, to impress upon us the things that he can do and will do 
and he uses the human-like characteristics to make himself closer to us in our simple understanding. Hands are always a symbol of action, a symbol of doing. And if anybody has doing hands, God has doing hands. God has healing hands. When he touched the blinded eyes, he has leading hands. When he said, come and follow me, he has uh, sacrificial hands. You remember the ones that were pierced by nails on Calvary's tree. But the whole point of this little today is this. God intends on you and I to be his hands here on earth today, doing the same things that the Bible describes that his hands were doing in Bible times. This moment in our text where Christ commended his spirit into the hands of God. Lots of people claim that when you leave something of value with them, they, they say, don't worry, it's in good hands. Allstate Automobile Insurance Company, we all know it says that you're in good hands with Allstate. But let me tell you, I've been in trouble in the middle of the night, in, in faraway places, in worst possible scenarios, and, and Allstate wasn't going to answer me. But when it was all in God's hands, it was in the best hands possible. It was in the best place possible. It was in the best predicament possible. Jesus said, Father, I'm leaving it in your hands. Jesus was saying, I came and did what I was supposed to do. I came and fulfilled. I bridged the gap. I used my two hands, one connected to you and one connected to humanity, one to deity and one to mankind. And I bridged the gap that I came to bridge. And now, God, I'm leaving it in your hands to the Father. Does that mean that Jesus wasn't going to do anything anymore? No, that means that now he had even more to do. This moment when the Spirit of Christ was laid into the hands of the Father is the moment that all of time is divided by. When Jesus said, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. All of time, all of history from creation to eternity is divided by that moment. There was before the New Testament church, and there's after the New Testament church. There's before the blood of Calvary, and there's after the blood of Calvary. Before we had an intercessor, and after we had an intercessor. Before the mass outpouring of the Holy Ghost power, and after the mass outpouring of the Holy Ghost power. Before the Gentile call, and after the Gentile call. It's all divided right here when Christ left it in the Father's hands. Let me put it this way. Have you ever planned on doing a, 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 a job? And you had to make plans, and you had to count the cost, and you had to gather the materials, and you had to hire the workers. And then, at some point, you looked it all over and you said, okay, it's time to get to work. God had a plan altogether. Jesus counted the cost. He gathered the materials. He hired the workers and went around and found them and brought them in. And then he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. What he was saying was, when he said hands, he was saying work. Father, into thy work. Now it's time to do this whole plan that we've just fulfilled the preparation for. 
The hand is the worker of the heart, the action of the thoughts, the servant of the soul, the doer of the mind. This is where the plan was complete and ready to go into action. And this is where God called you and me. If we can be the hands of the master, it will be well. If we can produce actions of love and actions of selflessness and actions of mercy, if we can see broken hearts, broken lives, broken marriages, broken homes, broken ministries, broken churches, and be the hands that help put them back together and hold them together until things can get better, the hands that pull the load and carry the weight and steady the stranger and pat and console the hurting, the church, the church, is the hands. Yes, there is a lot to be said for prayer. There is a lot to be said for study. There is a lot to be said for preaching, but someday it has to come down to some doing or whatever portion of the ministry or the religious or the church world that has everything but the doing eventually at some point crosses a line of hypocrisy. I'm glad you're a Christian with your clothes and you stay covered up. I'm glad you're a Christian with your lips and you don't say vain and profane things. I'm glad you're a Christian with your eyes and you only look on things that you're supposed to look on. I'm glad that you're a Christian with your mind and you think on good, wholesome thoughts. But at some point, friend, if if you're going to be a part of the New Testament biblical Christian church, you're going to have to be a Christian with your hands. You're going to have to put actions behind your theology. You see, you can give a a cup of cold water in His name, but you can't do it without your hands. You can't speak it. You can't preach it. You can't teach it. You can't believe it without ending up doing it. I know what everybody's going to say. Everybody's going to say, well, Brother Todd's preaching about salvation according to works now. No, I'm not preaching about salvation according to works. I'm preaching about salvation and then some works. There's a lot of sectors of uh, uh, religiousness out there that is repent, come in, do this, do that, Don't do this. Don't do that. And if you keep coming around, we'll keep reminding you what to do and what not to do until that's all we've done. We've just created all these little robots. And and even it seems like there's ministries that if they, they feel the people feeling like they have to do something, they'll get up and they'll preach what could be done or what should be done or what might be done or what we would do if we had the opportunity. To, and they'll they'll talk doing to kind of pacify the people that feel the need to do something and still not do it. Jesus died that he could submit to God's hands so that you and I could die so that we would submit to God's hands. Because when we work as the hands of God, we will build more than we destroy. We will put back together more than we take apart. We will fix more than we break. 
Somebody said, well, God, God tears things down too, Brother Slogan. Yes, I know, but that's not the job that he gave you and me. He said, vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord. But he also said, I send you. And he also said, go tell. He talked to us about visiting the sick and lifting up the feeble hands that hang down. He gave us the building. He's got the tearing down. He didn't give us that. Yes, God does the healing, but sometimes we're his hands. Yes, God does the calling, but sometimes we're his hands. God does the patching up, and sometimes he does the patching up through us with our hands. We are the doers and not the hearers only. Is there anybody listening to me that, that is saved, but God sent somebody to go get you? I'm one. Is somebody listening that was lonely, but God sent you a friend that you could believe in? Praise God. The hands of God work to build the kingdom, and the hands of God often are our hands that are submitted to Him. Jesus went through all of that. He went through great torture, great pain, loss of friends, loss of family, despised and rejected, mocked and slapped and spat upon and pierced. And then He said, Father, into your hands. I did all of this so we could accomplish what we want to accomplish so we can do what we set out to do can i say it like this into your people into your church into those that will be the hands and feet of you and me into the action the doing part of religiousness of christianity the actual body of christ the Spirit of Christ is a loving spirit, a forgiving spirit, a holy spirit, a kind and generous spirit. The Spirit of Christ is a busy spirit, a working spirit, an active spirit, a concerned spirit. If this is your spirit, if you have received the Spirit of Christ, you should be building up, holding together, and reaching out. We are to take on the mind of Christ, the Spirit of Christ, but do not forget the works of Christ. The mind of Christ and the spirit of Christ would do no good if they didn't end in the works of Christ. Have you ever seen someone that didn't have their hands? They're deformed. It doesn't quite look right. They're often limited in what they can accomplish. They must come up with often awkward alternative ways to accomplish simple tasks. Somebody better hear me right here because I'm going to walk a tightrope for just a minute. But when the church, a local body with leaders and followers is without the use of their hands that Jesus was speaking of, the doing that God needs done. They appear as a deformed church. 
They appear awkward to the community that they're in. This kind of church is limited and begins to come up with odd alternative ways to accomplish the things that it was supposed to accomplish. Instead of growth through outreach, maybe we have to grow through scare tactics. Instead of growth through evangelism, maybe we have to have growth through family indoctrination. Come on now. Why not just be the hands that we were sent to be and do it the right way? There are a few hand gestures that are also uh, are almost completely universal around the entire world. And one of them is when you put your palm up and you close all your fingers except your index finger and you point it straight out and then you curl it back up towards yourself multiple times. That's, that's come here. Come here. That one finger, come here. Of all the hand gestures in the whole world, come is probably the most universal. In Revelation 22 and 17, it says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. In history, one man spoke of a particular nation and said, They only came to burn bridges and not build cities. I want us at HMA and all of those that we influence to be known as the exact opposite. I want somebody to look at us someday and say, They only came to build bridges and not burn cities. When and why did doing, building, and helping become less spiritual than picking up the phone and telling what you heard about old brother so-and-so? It, it, it blows my mind how outreach and evangelism is, 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 a, is a byword and, and considered watered down and worldly and, and compromising in certain circles. Hands do not eavesdrop. Hands do not tell tall tales. Hands work. They work. Jesus was raised up in a carpenter's shop. I believe that he was a young builder. And I know that as he grew older, he was definitely a builder. He was handpicking his crew all the way through the New Testament, the, the master all the way through the four Gospels at least. The master builder had a kingdom to build. He left us here under the direction of the job site boss, the sweet Holy Ghost. And we are to produce. We're to care for the family. We're to build the kingdom. This isn't our building. This isn't our job site. We don't own it. We don't control it. We can't change the blueprints. Can you imagine if a young man was hired on halfway through a big construction job? that they were building, and after he got on the job and got a little experience, he decided to start tearing out parts that he didn't think went real good or fit with the idea that he had for the project, in his opinion. What do you think would happen to that young man? 
that came on way late after the building had been going on for a long time and just started saying, no, I don't like this over here. I'm going to put this right here. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing when he used anthropomorphism to describe his father God. When he said, into thy hands, into the working part of the church, the men and women that we're going to empower. Here is our great example, the Spirit of Christ that he's giving up, plus the hands of God that he's putting into, equals the church in action. Make no mistake, you can't leave those two last words out. The Spirit of Christ plus the hands of God equals the church is not so. He could have said, into thy heart, I commend my spirit. He could have said, into thy mind, I commend my spirit. He could have said, into thy speech, I commend thy, my spirit. And then this would have had a completely different meaning. But that it doesn't have a different meaning because he said, into thy hands. I know that a lot of people have tried to do a lot without the Spirit of Christ behind them. I acknowledge that. But we have the Spirit of Christ. We've had it for quite some time. And sometimes we appear to be doing very little with it. I've heard it for 25 years. We understand the Scripture better than any other group. We, we live better than any other group. We have the Bible uh, figured out better than any other group. We, we follow the Word better than... I don't know. I hope. I pray. I don't think as a group we can all say that about ourselves. I'm doing the best I can. Hopefully you're doing the best you can. But I think there's going to be some proof in the pudding somewhere. I think if we're praying right, studying right, understanding correctly, filled with the Spirit enough, led by the Spirit enough, I think we're going to do some doing. I think we'll have some positive action. I think we'll be building and creating and helping and loving and touching people in ways that blesses and helps and leads to Christ. I know a lot of people have tried to do a lot without the Spirit of Christ. And I know that many of us have the Spirit of Christ. But ask yourself, really, which is worse? Is it worse to be trying to do something good without the Spirit of God? Or is it worse to have the Spirit of God and be accomplishing very little? James 1 and 22 said, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. God, I pray I don't deceive my own self. God, I pray that I serve you 
well enough that your life proves out through me and that part of the building of the kingdom and I have something to give you to show you when I'm done I understand if I make heaven it'll be because of the blood of Christ but I got to tell you my heart today is if God saved me from drugs and he did save me from alcohol and he did save my marriage and he did save my children and he did say if, if God did all of that for me and all I have to do is just show up and just say thanks bud cool let me in I got your blood I feel like I should have sacrificed my life for him and I don't know how else to do that without doing the love of Christ doing the gospel word, doing the mercy and grace that I've read and understood and been taught to the point that it makes a difference in this world. Into thy hands. The Spirit of Christ plus the hands of God equals the church in action. Positive Progressing, forward, fervent action. Anybody can be on the devil's demolition crew. But who wants to be on Christ's construction crew? I can't help but think about a Smith Wigglesworth story that I read. He was... Uh, praying for a bunch of people every night in a meeting. And there was a group that came up and, and asked, you know, could you uh, maybe guarantee, you know, are you positive that they're going to get healed? Or, um, and he didn't know for sure. He just said he would pray. And he prayed. Some got healed. Some, I don't know, maybe some didn't. Then there was another night, and they, they wanted to know for sure if he prayed for them, would they be healed? And he said he didn't know for sure, but, but he would pray, and, and God would be merciful. And, and so he prayed, and some got healed, maybe some didn't. And then there was a night where one came up, and he reached out to pray for them. There was something terribly wrong with him. I don't remember the exact uh, problem. But when he got done praying for him, he told them that he guaranteed that they were healed. And one of the guys, maybe assistants or workers or somebody that was around, uh, Smith Wigglesworth asked him later on, said, you know, you, I, I've never heard you do that before. What made you so sure this time? Smith Wigglesworth explained the way it was written in, in a book about his life that he, he reached his hands out to, to pray for different people. And he told that, that brother, he said, he said, every time I reach out to pray for someone, I see my hands reaching out. And, and, and I know God will work through my hands sometimes. And I know that's God's will and God's plan is to use man. God's plan involves man. And I always watch and I always see my hands as I'm reaching out to pray for them. He said, and, and, and God can do what God will. 
But he said, that night as I reached out, I saw my hands and outside of my hands, I saw God's hands. And he said, when I saw God's hands on my hands, as I prayed for that person, I knew it was a done deal. Oh, for the working hands of God. I'm not preaching tonight that you and I have the ability within ourselves to do something holy. What I am preaching to you is that this scripture portrays to me that Christ did everything necessary for God to do holy, to do holy things through our hands if we would be willing to be the doers. Amen. Those of you that know our ministry and know our life and, and, and what we do at HMA and what we've done with Slogan Family Ministry and, and different things, you, you realize we are doers. And we're not doers because we're trying to create a bunch of activity. And we're not doers because we're trying to build a big thing and, and, and check off a bunch of things on a list. We're doers because we believe we're the servants of Christ. We're the hands and feet of God. And, and if you're not sure if that's how that works or not, all I could do is point you to tens of thousands of people that we've reached over the last decade and a half and, and a little more. I could take you to the, to the babies that were almost aborted, but were given life through our work and our effort in Christ. I could take you to the hungry children that were fed this last weekend because our hands that are submitted to Christ gave them the food that they weren't going to get if we didn't give it. I can take you to the drug addicts, to the prisoners, to the homeless people. I could take you to the, the broken, the, the almost divorced, the on and on and on and down. I could take you to people that had no hope, had no food, had no chance, had, had no right. And I could take you to the place and, and show you and tell you about the times that they felt Christ, that they felt mercy, that they felt a chance, that they felt hope, that their, their, their hunger pains went away for a little while, that they rested their head, their weary head on someone's strong shoulder, that they felt a strong hand or strong arms wrapped around them, that they realized that there was still a way and it was through the message, the message that came from the working hands of the Christians of North America. Praise God. Please, please, I'm begging you, get involved, be a doer with your hands. It doesn't matter if it's giving a cup of cold water, if it's driving the truck with the material, if it's stirring the soup so it doesn't burn, if it's signing the adoption papers or signing the check or making out the envelope to mail the check, be a doer. I, I, I understand. I, I really understand that there's a lot of people running around in circles doing a lot of things and it's accomplishing very little. I agree with you. So how are we going to get anything accomplished? It's going to have to be accomplished through the hands of the saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost.
It's going to be, have to be through the hands of the true church, the true body of Christ. It's going to be, have, have to be through the, the hands of the redeemed. The hands of the redeemed. When Jesus commended his spirit into the Father's hand, it created the fulfillment of the opportunity and it started the time and the clock ticking for you and I and the church to do the will of God on planet Earth.